0: You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. We're not showing so many of those next year. Unbelievable. Okay. We live in a great country. Man. Thank you, Jesus. It is a good day to be a child of God. Hey, guys, I need you to make me less loud up here. I'm driving me crazy. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you did it. Thank you so much. Before we get into the message this morning, I just need to do something because on Friday we celebrated Veterans Day. So we need to honor um, all the veterans who have served this country. And so I don't want to embarrass you, but if you serve this country in any way or are currently serving, would you please just stand to your feet so we can honor you? Past, present, anything. Come on. Come on. All right. There we go. You know, words are not enough to express our gratitude to those men and women who have served, the men and women here who have served and who are serving now. Um, you, You guys truly are what makes America great. Okay. Thank you for protecting our freedoms and our liberties and going and doing the things that are necessary to really make this country everything that it is. We owe a debt of honor and gratitude to you that is beyond understanding. It's unfathomable. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Okay. So today, uh, what I want to do is I want to give us just a little bit of the word from the, a word from the Lord for, um, in in res- not necessarily in response because I don't think that the word of God is reactionary. All right, in the sense of. Behind the times. All right. We're not we're not waiting for the world to do something so the word of God can respond We need to be in the front end of it And I believe the word of God is this is a continual constant thing that God's word has encouraged us And I want us to be encouraged today because um, this week has been a bit of a whirlwind hasn't it a lot of surprises okay, and uh, and whether you view that surprise as good or bad is not really relevant to to today's message but what is important is that we understand as, a, as a, the body of Christ in this nation, what is next? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. What is next? What is next for, for us? Um, not so much in this country. Who, who knows? Um, I believe good things are in store for us in this country. I'm excited about the future of this country. I really am. But I do know this, that the Word of God actually uh, tells us something concerning this. I believe this with all of my heart, that some of the stuff that we see in our country happening right now, the, the, the lack of unity and, and the fear and these things, that they cannot be fixed by the government. That God has actually challenged us as the body of Christ, as believers, to actually fix these things, to adhere to the Word of God, to begin to grow in the character of Christ, to be a light shining in the midst of darkness. And so the challenge for every one of us this morning is to hear the Holy Spirit as he leads us from this place forward, to begin to hear the Holy Spirit and what he's saying about our country, to hear the Holy Spirit and what he's saying and calling us to, and to follow that intently, to follow that with all of our heart. And so what I want to talk to you about this morning is what's next. And I want to look at a model that we see from from Daniel, um, and, and you can go ahead and open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 6, and I, and I, and I want to I talk about a little bit about this, but today we're just going to talk simply about three things, okay, three simple powerful truths that if we all grab a hold of and settle in our heart can make a huge difference in where we go as a people in order to fulfill everything that God has called us to personally in our country to as well. Our prayer focus must intensify. A lot of us prayed um, as we got close to election day. We prayed for a candidate. We prayed for a person. But the reality is this, is our prayer cannot stop now. It must get even more intense. And it has to be directed at what God has set up and in store for the church and for our country. We've got to pray intently for our country more so now that everything has been settled. We have to pray. We have to allow our actions to display the love of Jesus Christ. Why? Because there's healing that isn't needed for our country. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. You don't have to watch the news long to understand that there is broken unity in our nation. But here is the prophetic revelation that came to this country not too many years ago that we have actually been designed to be a nation under the leadership of God. Here's what that means. That's not just coming from our government as much as it's coming from the body of Christ within this nation. And practically speaking, we have to be a people who listen and hear God's voice and respond in agreement and in obedience to God's voice. Why? Because healing is necessary to move our country forward. And our responses have to be measured by the Holy Spirit, the way we respond. How many of you have been tempted into um, an argument, maybe online this week, You've been baited into something. You feel like, oh my gosh, I just got to respond. How many of you argued with the television as you've watched news in the latter part of this week? How many of you have had that? Why? Here's what's happening is that your responses are being tested, aren't they? Your responses are being tested. And you're having to see if you're going to respond to and by the Holy Spirit. To and by the Holy Spirit. So let's look at Daniel as a model. All right, I want to I just spend some time looking at this because Daniel is somebody that we can identify with in this situation. See, here's the first thing about Daniel is that Daniel came from a part of Israel after the kingdom of Israel split. It split into two kingdoms after a series of kings. We know we had David, uh, we had Saul, David, Solomon, and a lot of uh, extenuating kings. But after a while, Israel kind of split into two. There was the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel, and Daniel belonged to the kingdom of Judah. Well, through disobedience, Judah got exiled into foreign land. And we find Daniel and Daniel's life, in the context of Daniel's life, being surrounded in this place of exile. Meaning this is that Daniel was a citizen of a country he did not belong to. He lived as a foreigner and an exile in the country that he dwelt now here's the revelation that every one of us have to settle in our heart. We absolutely identify with Daniel. Let me tell you what the Word of God says. In 1 Peter 2, 9-12, through it says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desire which wage against your soul. Live such good lives amongst the pagans that... Though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. How about that? What does the scripture tell us right there? You know that's in the New Testament. Here's who Peter is talking to in First Peter in chapter two, as he's talking to believers and he's saying, Here is the Here is the understanding, the paradigm, if you would, is this, is that even though the believers Peter is talking to were actually foreigners and exiles in the places that they had been scattered to, that he was also talking to them from a spiritual context and saying, listen, the kingdom in you is not like the kingdom of this earth. There is a conflict and you have to make a choice. You're either going to live as a royal priesthood, a holy people, a chosen people, set apart to show the goodness of God in your life, which is an adherence to the kingdom of God in you, or you're going to be conformed into the kingdom of this world. But in order that you will not be conformed to the kingdom of this world, here's what you have to understand. You're not a citizen of this world entirely. You're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And if you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you have to respond in the way that heaven responds. And one of the best things we can do moving forward in this nation as a people of God is to settle in our heart that we have dual citizenship. That our primary care and our primary focus first must go to the kingdom of God that exists and dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. Our first level of obedience, our first uh, level of adherence must go to the kingdom of God, to the spirit of God that dwells in us, the kingdom of God that dwells in us, so that we can be good citizens of the place that God has put us in this country. We have to settle that. See, because if we get that mixed up, what's going to happen is we're going to engage in things we shouldn't engage. We're going to protect things we're not called to protect. We're going to fight over things that God has not called us to fight over. See, here's the reality about the kingdom of heaven. You don't have to fight over anything. You don't have to fight over any territory, any authority. It's already settled. And as part of, a, part of a, having your citizenship in the kingdom of heaven... We live under that authority and that revelation on this earth as citizens of the United States. Daniel lived as an exile in a foreign land. But in spite of this, he flourished. He flourished. The scriptures tell us in Daniel chapter 6 that Daniel was actually in charge of leaders. That there were 120 executives that ruled over Babylon, over Persia at that time. The king, King Darius, had set it up. And what he did is he took Daniel and two other guys and he said, I want you to rule over the executives. He gave each one of them 40 executives and he said, I want you to rule over them. And the scripture says, even as an exile, even as a Jew, as a foreigner, Daniel excelled and he flourished in this place. Why? Because Daniel lived under the revelation of the kingdom in him, not the kingdom around him. He lived under the revelation that his first agreement had to be with the kingdom in him. His first level of faithfulness had to be to the king that resided in him. And for every one of us, our first level of faithfulness has to be to God. It has to be to God. The scripture says about Daniel is this, is that he was so good at what he did that King Darius actually said, I'm going to go ahead and make you in charge of the entire kingdom. Not bad for an exiled boy that got brought up. He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who didn't bow down. Not bad for a guy who stood his ground. Not bad for a little Jewish boy that got pulled into a world that he didn't belong. But do you understand? Are you starting to catch this? Are you starting to see this? Can you even imagine the conflict that existed in Daniel's life? Some of the things he had to come to terms with. Some of the forgiveness that he had to have in his heart concerning this foreign kingdom that took his people captivity and abused, probably raped his people, probably uh, put them into some very terrible things, killed some of them. That in order to be used by God, in order to allow the kingdom to expand, are you, are you picking up on this? Are you getting the parallel here? Are you understanding that in order to fulfill the kingdom of God inside of us that we can't hold offenses to our country or what's happened or what is happening or or we can't stand up in a place and allow offense to separate us from our calling? Do you see that? As people called of God, called to make a difference, called to declare forth the glorious praises of Jesus Christ, that we have to make a choice and we have to settle something in our heart. You are a foreigner and you are an exile in this world. Because you are a chosen people, because you are called of God, you operate by a different standard. You operate by a better standard, a higher standard. But if you choose to let that light come out of you, it will affect the thing that you set your hand to on this earth. In your jobs, in your workplaces, in your neighborhood, your schools, it will change the way that happens. This has to be a fundamental shift in our understanding. I'm falling in love with this phrase that I heard Bill Johnson say in a book, he says this, that we have to just settle it in our heart. You know what that means? We need to establish it as truth no matter how we feel. We have to settle it as truth. This is just simply because the Word of God says it is the way it is. And we have to settle it. We have to settle it. We have to settle this understanding that we are first citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom must be. First be built in us. The kingdom must be first built in us. The second thing about Daniel was that Daniel was a model citizen. Daniel was a model citizen. In Daniel 6, 1 through 3, it says this. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 uh, satraps sat to rule throughout the kingdom. Man, that got me off guard right there. I've read this before too. With three administrators over them. This is what I told you. They were made accountable so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Daniel was a model citizen. Daniel did well at the things that he set his hand to do. It's important for us as believers in Jesus Christ, if I can just talk very practically to you for just a minute, to be the best citizens Inside the United States that we possibly can be. We need to be the best citizens of this country that we can possibly be. Why? Because it allows the overflow of the Holy Spirit to come out of us. When we choose to honor this country by being good citizens... But not being people who are objecting and causing conflict in undue places. I'm not telling you there's a time to stand up for what is true. That is not what I'm saying. But I'm saying when we're constantly picking a fight, trying to stick it to the man, and we don't even know who the man is, there's something wrong. We need to be good citizens. We need to model what it is for somebody to live in this world, influenced by the Holy Spirit, where the kingdom Exists and resides in them. And how that shows out through the practicality of their life day to day. We have to be good citizens. This isn't a message to get us to do good works. This is a message to allow the Holy Spirit to empower us. So that the glory of God can come out through us. Being a good citizen is a reflection of the glory of God in us. You know what the scripture says about Daniel here in chapter 6. As it says that Daniel was trustworthy, he was not corrupt or negligent. See, what happened was this, is that some folks tried to undercut Daniel. They didn't like the fact that he was being honored and he had so much favor. But the reality of why Daniel had favor in his life is because he honored God first in his heart so that he could honor God through his actions as a citizen, as a leader there in Persia, in a place where he was exiled. And the Scripture says this about Daniel is that he was trustworthy, not corrupt or negligent. Let me tell you what these words mean. They mean this, that Daniel was faithful. When the Scripture says that he was not corrupt, it literally means that he was not a pot stirrer. You know what a pot stirrer is? Somebody that stirs up trouble. Somebody that's trying to poke the bear continually. Trying to cause a problem. Picking a fight. Getting into fights. Stirring up fights. Daniel was not that guy. Nor was Daniel somebody who took for granted that every time he was asked to do something, he did it with all of his might as unto the Lord. He did it well. When the scripture says that he was not negligent, here's what it means. Is that everything he set his hand to flourished. It did well. And can I say this about the body of Christ in this nation? That should be said about us also. Every time. Every time we go to do something in the workplace, in our neighborhood, it should be said about us. Because it is a demonstration of the glory of God through us. And one of the things that is so undebatable... About who God is on this earth. You know how we know that is this: is because Daniel, when all these accusations started to come, when all these people tried to conspire against Daniel to bring him down, they had nothing, no skeletons they could find in his closet. There was nothing that they could find in his past that could come up where they could say, Look at this guy, he's a bad person. The scripture says he was trustworthy. He was not corrupt. He was not negligent. He was somebody who stood and did what God told him to do. And he did it well with all of his might as a good citizen of the country where he was in. As a result of that, what happened is this, is that Daniel honored the Lord. Third interesting thing about Daniel is that Daniel honored the Lord. In order to trap Daniel, what they did is they went to King Darius. These people that were trying to bring Daniel down went to King Darius and said, Darius, we need you to sign into law. A law stating that if you see anybody worshiping anybody other than you, anybody other than your kingdom, that immediately you, you kill them. And King Darius, not knowing what was going on, did it. See, King Darius loved Daniel. He valued Daniel. And here's where Daniel had to make a decision. Daniel had to honor the Lord. In Daniel 6.10 it says this. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day. He got down on his knees and prayed. Giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Scripture tells us something very interesting about Daniel's life. He had a discipline of prayer. Today, in the back table at the Welcome Center, there is a sheet of paper, front and back, that gives a prayer focus. I'm going to talk a little bit about it later at the end of the message. A prayer plan for our nation. As a side note to this point, one of the things that is going to usher in more of what God desires to do, both in the church and in our nation, is when we become a people committed to prayer. I love this about Daniel. I love that Daniel had a discipline. The scripture says three times a day he went. And even when the decree was passed down. What Daniel tried, uh, did was this. Is he chose to honor the Lord. What, what, what does that mean? This wasn't open defiance. He was not attempting initially to be defiant. This is important for us to see and to understand contextually. What Daniel was doing is saying. God I am always, always, always going to put you first. Like I've always always, always have done. And if we're going to be a people called by the name of God, that's going to bring about the things in our life that God has called us to and bring about greatness in this country again, what we have to be are a people of prayer. We have to be a people of prayer. Here's what happens when we pray is when we pray, what we're doing is that we are actually first and foremost showing a priority We're giving God first place where He deserves. We're giving God first place. We're putting the Lord first. We're inviting Him into the situations and the areas of our life. He comes first. That's what prayer does. Prayer also allows us to put God in the perspective of our issues. We can never be a people, listen, we cannot ever become a people who are comfortable Figuring things out on our own apart from inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to the situations of our life. I just had great fellowship yesterday with a friend of mine here. And as we were talking and encouraging each other, this statement kind of came out and it was this. Hey, as we desire and grow, desire to grow to be everything God's called us to be, we have got to have, we have got to hear God for every area of our life we got to know, we have got to know where God is calling us in every area of our life. Parents, you have to know what God is saying about your kids. Husbands and wives, you need to know what God is saying about your marriage. You need to know what God is saying about your finances. You need to know what God is saying about your future. You need to know. Why? Because when you know you are inviting God and His perspective into every area of your life, and how many of you will agree that having God in the middle of your situations means that that outcome looks a lot, a lot better? If we ever grow comfortable... If we ever grow comfortable doing things apart from under, having God's perspective, we're in a dangerous place. And listen, just as the body of Christ, one thing that we have to maybe even repent of. I'm not talking about Freedom Christian Fellowship, but I'm talking about the body of Christ. Is that we may even in this country, as the body of Christ, grown comfortable doing that in our churches. Where we haven't acknowledged God enough. Or we haven't spent time listening to the Holy Spirit and waiting on the Holy Spirit. And can I ask you a question? Would you be more comfortable being part of a church that was led by the Holy Spirit? Or one that just did things because it's the way they've always done things? You want to be a church led by the Holy Spirit. And so when we pray, this is what happens. Is that we bring the perspective of heaven into view of the situations of our life. We are inviting Him into these places... So that He can begin to interject His will and His plans, His peace, His security, His outcome. And by doing that, we have the opportunity to listen to Him so that we can follow Him. We begin to listen to Him. That's probably the most important thing about prayer is the outcome of prayer is this. When we hear the Lord, we know that we've heard Him. We have We know that we can hear Him and that we can follow Him the next thing is this is that daniel trusted the lord for the outcome he trusted the lord for the outcome in daniel 6:21 through 23 just to catch us up in the story they find Daniel praying because Daniel wasn't ashamed. He had done what he always did. He opened up his windows to Jerusalem as it was the custom in the way that they taught were taught to pray according to the law. And he prayed to Jerusalem three times a day. He wasn't doing something different in defiance. He was doing something that he had a discipline of his, in his life of. And it paid off in the end. And here's where, how we're going to see this. It's because he was able to trust the Lord for the outcome. He got busted praying. And he got thrown into the the lion's den. And when Darius the king heard about it, when these snitches came up and said, Hey, Daniel's been praying. We busted him. He broke your decree and you made a decree and you can't come back on your decree, Darius. So we got to throw him into the the lion's den. The scripture actually says in Daniel 6 that Darius looked for a loophole because he loved Daniel. Daniel. And as a side note, that tells you something about the citizen that Daniel was. See, Darius said, I want a lot of Daniels in my kingdom because if there's a lot of Daniels in my kingdom, it's going to be a good kingdom. If you ever question whether or not you make a difference or bring the favor of God in some place, stop. Just be it. Start living by it. Start listening to the Holy Spirit and doing what the Holy Spirit says. You're going to bring about favor and it's going to be noticeable. Darius looked for a loophole. And when he couldn't find one, and he had to put Daniel in the lion's den, they rolled the stone over the den. The scripture says that he mourned all night. He didn't sleep. And he was the first one at the door. He said, listen, this is just an overnight thing. See, Darius sought out the law. I love this about the scripture. You need to read the word. It's exciting, okay? So Darius is like, okay, what did I say? What did I say about the law? Okay, one night, good. We got it for one night. It struck, you know, dawn. He's like running out to the stone. Move the stone out. And the scripture says he cries out to Daniel. And this is what he says to Daniel. Daniel, did your Lord that you serve faithfully... Man, all right. Daniel, did the Lord who you serve faithfully deliver you? Daniel, did the Lord who you serve? Oh, get excited about that. Oh, I know. We're good. We're good. Look, keep it between the lines, everybody, all right? Just in between the lines. But just let your spirit just get a little jumpy, all right? Just go, oh. See, what Daniel did as a discipline paid off. Sometimes we think a little too less about prayer and we don't realize that what we create is a discipline about hearing God and His faithfulness. When it gets to be proved, it does some miraculous things. Darius goes and says, Daniel, the Lord you serve faithfully, did He keep you alive? Here's what Daniel said I said all that to tell you this. Daniel answered, May the king live forever. Come on, Daniel. You're acting a little too much like Jesus. That's not good that's not good. Look, I'm, I'm going to be honest with y'all right now. I'm just going to be real. We're going to have real talk right now. Throw me in that lion's den. And I don't care if angel Lord showed up and shut their mouth. I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> I'm going to be like a cartoon. <laughs> you know, Feet aren't touching the ground. They're just moving. And here's what Daniel says. May the Lord, may the King live forever. He honors his King. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Here's, let me paraphrase. Let me put this in context. Daniel said, I have nothing to be scared of. Because I knew, I knew, I honored the Lord first. I honored the Lord first. And when I honor the Lord first, I don't got nothing to be scared of. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. See, this is where things start to to change here. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And Daniel was lifted from the den. No wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. I want to tell you something. When we trust God for the outcome, some of us, look, let me just bring it to our level real quick. You're not going to get thrown into the lion's den. There's probably nothing that's going to shift. Either way, if the election would have turned out, there probably was going to be so little that was going to shift to your rights. It would have been embarrassing. But here's the reality is that some of us are being thrust into fights. Mental fights. Emotional fights. And here's what you need to do in the name of Jesus is that you need to hear the Lord and trust Him. You need to hear the Lord and trust Him. Can I tell you something about division And lack of unity is that it breeds, it reproduces. Because as you cultivate it, even if it's through something as dumb and simple as a Facebook conversation, it will slip into your marriages, it will slip into your relationship with your kids, it will breed. Disunity, the lack of unity, is never, ever, ever permitted for a believer. Sometimes it is best to turn things off and walk away and let God deal with it. To hear the Lord, sometimes no. Let me let me say it like this: It's not best. It is imperative. You must hear the Lord. You must hear the Lord. You must hear the Lord. If you start to slip into your flesh, where you start to get all naughty and going, ah, I gotta do it. I wish blow him up. Yeah. Some of you like, oh my god, but really, come on, what have you said this week? Mm -hmm. Uh uh you're not putting that on me. (laughs) We gotta hear the Lord and we gotta trust the Lord with the outcome. Why? Because our responses must come from the truth of what God is saying, not our emotions. Right? We know that. We know that, okay. So here's what Daniel did again. He understood he was a foreigner because the kingdom in him was greater than the kingdom he lived in. But he allowed the kingdom of him to come out so he could be a model citizen. He chose to honor the Lord first. God was first, 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 first. Uh, Justin, you can come up. And he trusted God with the outcome. There are battles that we can't fix that are not going to be fixed in a day, in an hour, an hour, a day, a month, a year. We need to hear the Lord and trust the Lord. And let me just say this. This isn't even just involving our country. Some of you are dealing with relational things within your family. And you're saying, God, when, 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 when? Can, can I just lovingly come aside beside you, encourage you, put my arm around you, lock my arm in with yours and say, hear the Lord. Anchor yourself on what the Lord says. Trust him for the outcome because he will not fall short. He will not fall short. So, how do we, how is God going to heal our land? How's God going to heal our land? Well, we're going to put some of this stuff into practice by the power of the Holy Spirit. But we're going to begin to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to move on our lives, our church, our leaders, and our land. On the back, I told you about this. On the Welcome Center, there is a sheet, two sides. And this is just a suggestion, even though I'd love for every one of you to take one at the very least. This is a suggestion on. How to pray for our nation, and on the, what you're going to see is that every day there is a place and an assignment to pray. And I believe this that just ten minutes a day in unified prayer. What I what I think and what I what I feel like the Lord just kind of dropped on my heart was this: if we all agreed to do this at lunchtime, it'd be kind of cool. It'd be even kind of cool to even post it to Facebook or whatever and just say I prayed for my nation today. Something simple, and on Monday. Pray for the president and the vice president, our senators, our congressmen that serve this district, and our Supreme Court. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Let me tell you this before I go further. In First Timothy 2, 1 through 4, it says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. As a nation is whole, as a nation is led by the Lord, people come to Christ. On Tuesday, we pray for our our leaders on a state level. That's the governor, the lieutenant governor, our state senators and congressmen, our judges that rule the Supreme Court of Texas. On Wednesday, we pray for our local officials, the mayor, city council people. We've got city council people in this church in various cities here. What an honor. Thank God for those Daniels that are serving in those places today. Our chiefs of police police and fire and the police departments and the fire departments. We pray for them. We pray for their safety. We pray for their protection, wisdom, the local judges. That's Wednesday. On Thursday, we pray for our schools, the superintendents and the school boards. we got various school districts represented here. We've got PNG ISD, Neyland ISD, Port Arthur ISD, Beaumont ISD, Bridge City ISD, Orange ISD. Listen, we've got all these. Is LCM in its own ISD? My sister-in-law works there too. I should know that. Anyhow, whoever your ISD is, pray for them. Pray for the principals and teachers. Man, I Woo. All right, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to stop. All right. Then on Friday, we pray for the church, the churches of this area and the pastors of this area, the leaders within those faith communities. We pray for the body of Christ, that the body of Christ would be strengthened. And then we pray healing. In our nation, on Friday, ten minutes a day. Ten minutes a day. A simple assignment. Now, here's a couple of things you need to know. I did not put names next to these. Why? Because you need to know. You need to educate yourself. If you don't know who one of these are, then go to Google. Go to Google. and find out. All right. Go find it out. Why? Because by praying them by name makes a difference. When you flip over the page, stay with me here. What do we pray? What do we pray? The prayer in Ephesians one 17 through 17-23 is a good format. And here's what I'm asking you to do is that before you start this, it's already there printed out for you. Read this a few times. Get it into your spirit, into your mind. And then there's some prayer points underneath of that. Here's what we're praying. That our leaders would know Jesus. That they would know Jesus. And if they know Him, that they would know Him better. That they would begin to flourish in their relationship with Jesus. That our leaders would understand, hear, and be led by the wisdom of God. That they would hear and understand. And I know and I understand this. Not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to insinuate that every one of our leaders knows Jesus. But I believe this with all of my heart the same way that shoeboxes can go to kids. And God can use a shoebox to save a kid from from Russia. I believe that God can put anybody. God used a donkey. God can use anybody. He can use... Oh, I was going to make a Democrat joke. I'm not going to do it. All right. <laughs> forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm not doing that. God can use anybody. And so we need to pray that the wisdom of God would be interjected into their life, whether it comes from them directly hearing or indirectly hearing it, that the wisdom of God would come to them. We need to pray that our president receives the wisdom of God. And even if he can't hear that, somebody would speak to him and somebody would be right beside him in his ear that would say, this is the right thing to do. We pray that our leaders would rely upon the power of God to make their decisions. We pray that the peace of God would cover our leaders and their families. We pray that our leaders would always yield under the power of God in their lives. These are prayer points. You don't have to pray every one of them, but if you hit a few of them, you're starting out well. On Friday, that we pray for healing for our lamb. I'm I'm super excited about this. Because most of us know this scripture, but we might not know the context. There's a prayer in 2 Chronicles 7:13 through 16. Just allow me to read this to you, please. An angel of the Lord showed up before Solomon as he was dedicating the temple. And, and, and here's what you have to know about Solomon: this is David's son, this is King Solomon. God gave David the promise that a temple would be built, but said, because you're a man of the sword, it's not coming through your hands, David. It's going to come through your son, Solomon. When Solomon was a child, God asked him, said, what do you need? He said, wisdom. I need wisdom. God poured out wisdom. The temple was built through Solomon. And at the dedication of the temple, the angel of the Lord showed up and spoke these words. The Lord showed up and spoke these words to Solomon. He said this, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to the land, or send a plague among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to their prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Now I want you to hear something because this is where the the prophetic slips in and just goes ahead and blindsides us with a hook. You ready? Is this... This was talking about a physical temple. But when Jesus came, he established the temple in you, and 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 and God's promise never shifted. He said, listen, because my spirit abides in my temple, my eyes will always be attentive to where the temple and the spirit is. So if those people will begin to humble themselves, and they'll begin to pray, and they'll begin to repent prophetically in behalf, and you have an authority, you have an authority because you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven to actually step in the place where you begin to humble yourself and you begin to repent in behalf of the sin that has filled this land. When that happens, God says, because I love, I love my people and I love my presence. My eyes will never be lifted. Do you know that God gave Solomon this word before they even got into that temple? Because he wanted them to know no matter where they got as a people, no matter how far they thought they got, no matter how far they thought they got, how off track they thought they were, how bad and banged up things were, it didn't matter if they would humble themselves, if they would repent and repent, they would cry out. God said, I love you. I will never turn my eyes and my heart from you. I will come back and I will heal your land. All right. So take this, use this, because the first thing that we're going to do to heal our land is we're going to pray. We're going to become like Daniel and we're going to have a discipline of prayer. And that doesn't have to happen in the church house. It needs to happen in your house, in your car, at your lunch break, whatever it is. Set a goal. Then we're going to honor God first. We're going to listen to Him first. We're going to honor God first. As a people, we're going to settle that in our heart, that God comes first. And because God comes first... We're going to honor him first. So that means this, that some of y'all need to sit down this weekend as couples or individuals, and you need to say, God, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying about these areas of my life? Why? Because when you can hear, when you can hear for you, you can hear for somebody else. And there are people in your community, in your workplace that are, they don't know it. But they want to hear the word of the Lord that's going to bring them freedom. And when you can hear for you, you can hear for them. And then we're going to allow our reactions to agree with the Holy Spirit. Let me just say something in gentleness, but with firmness. I will call you out faster than lightning. As your pastor, if I indeed am your pastor. If I'm not, that's okay. Move on your merry way. Faster than lightning. If you engage in a frivolous, indecent, unkind, vulgar conversation on Facebook, it will not be so in this house. And if that means folks are out the door, then so be it. Because there's something to protect, there's something in you worth protecting, there is something beautiful in you worth protecting. That God is calling you to in this very hour. And it's worth. It's worth saying our reactions matter. They have to be guided by the Holy Spirit. They can't be moved around and, and shifted. And Jeff, can you bring that the thing We've got to hear the Lord and how we respond. And as we respond according to the Holy Spirit, we can expect for things to happen that begin to shift and transform. And please understand with all of my heart that this isn't meant to be heavy at all. But this is a response to the the place in the very hour, the goodness that God has called us to. The understanding that we are called to great things and we are living in a great hour. And so, this morning, as we close our service, uh, I want us to just prepare our hearts and to again do something that is deeply sacred: is center our lives around Jesus Christ. To remember the things that He has called us to, and as we come up to communion, I, I, my prayer for my life, my prayer for you is this: is that this takes on a deeper meaning than it than ever, more so than ever before. That you would understand inside of you. That as we come to this place and we remember the sacrifice that Jesus Christ gave, that it's more than just something we do, part of our liturgy, but it is powerful. It has power. It centers our life upon Jesus Christ. It redirects us under the purpose of who we are called to first and foremost. It reminds us of the kingdom that we are called to. It brings us under the revelation of grace. Friends, this morning, the things that I've talked about, you cannot will yourself to do. You cannot will yourself to pray. You cannot will yourself to respond right. You must depend upon the grace of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit must empower you. You cannot do it on yourself the same way you cannot get free from addiction on your own ability. You must depend upon the Holy Spirit. But also as we come to the table today, let that also move us not just vertically, but horizontally. Let it be infused into our relationships over and over again in the New Testament. God says this, let your love be seen one to another. Let your love be seen first and foremost, one to another. So that means this husbands and wives, the love of God must permeate your marriages. It must permeate parents, your families. It must permeate the relationships in this house. It must permeate the relationships that we have extended. It's got to guide our lives. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. If we can just hit the lights. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to invite you up to the table. And then I'll close with just a blessing upon you. Father, this... Morning, we thank you that you've called us as citizens of your kingdom to live in this country for this day and this age. And we thank you. We thank you so much for that. We consider it an honor to be a part of what you're calling us to. And we believe with all of our heart that the very best days, according to your spirit, are in front of us. Because we're not looking at what we see with our natural eyes, but we're looking through the eyes of our spirit. We're hearing what you're saying. And we're choosing to agree with those things. Holy Spirit, empower every one of us so that we could be centered upon Jesus Christ. That the love of Jesus could permeate, could permeate our lives. To come out through the things we do, the way we operate as citizens of this country. The way that we interact with people. The way that we love and the gospel that we share and the gospel that we give. We acknowledge, Jesus, that life only comes through you. And that life you've given us, Jesus, We've been called to give to others and we thank you for that opportunity. Holy Spirit, come and fill our lives now. Come and fill us and, and give us a fresh baptism of your spirit so that we can be overflowing for the purposes you've called us to. We love you. Amen. Would you please come to the table now? Amen. Amen. If we stand to our feet, let me just bless you. Thank you for being here. I know everybody's already out the door. They're like, whoa. You told us to get off Facebook. We're gone. I'm just kidding. Stay on Facebook. I love you. (laughs) I'm not. All right, I'll stop. I just bless you in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name, with the fullness of the grace and the mercy that comes only through Jesus Christ, that his blessing would be upon you, that his face would shine upon you, That his goodness and mercy would follow you all the days of your life. And that his hope would abide in you and overflow from you. In the name of Jesus. Be blessed today.